yeah. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got Tank. What's up, y'all? And also with us today, we got Tone. What up? And on the fourth mic, we got Bugs. Hello. You want to kick us off, Tank? What you got to drink today? Uh, we got the white coffee stout from Eastern Market Brewing in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Eastern Market's pretty famous in the area for their open-air market. Anyways, Eastern Market Brewing's down there, uh, white coffee stout. It's got a pretty decent brew. Normally your stouts are dark. This one's more of a white, uh, <laughs> more of an amberish, amberish color, and it, it's got the coffee, but not a ton of coffee, which is is cool on my side. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try one of those soon because that sounds all that sounds like right in my wheelhouse. Seven percent, so it's it is heavy on the alcohol, but uh, it's not crazy boozy. Uh, it is a good brew, man. I actually brought one in case you wanted one. So Easter Market for listeners of the podcast be the original proven gowns for the Purple Gang. Uh, Tone, what you got to drink? Uh, I got one of these uh, Griffin Claws Scream Pumpkin Ale. Thought I'd get a little seasonal beer. Well, it is that time of year. Very festive. That's pretty good. I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah, Griffin Claw, fuck off. <laughs> not just the whole, <laughs> the whole pumpkin ale. I think when we go fall uh, fall beers, I'm more of a fan of the, uh, I believe Tank said they're called Marsdens. Martin? Martin. I'd I, rather I think ha- that's how it's pronounced. I think I'd rather have a Martin than a pumpkin beer. Because I don't even like pumpkin pie, so I'm not a pumpkin fan in general. There's not many things you don't like, and it's pumpkin pie. Yeah, I don't like pumpkin pie. Well, I don't like the pumpkin at all. Now, uh, Bugs. Do you hear the refreshness in that? I did. I'm yeah. taking this one off. I got a Diet Dr. Pepper with me. For the fans, it's okay. He was like sniffing glue in the car before we came in here. So, <laughs> Same effect. Same effect. I went whiskey this time. Switch it up a little bit. So it's a Knob Creek maple whiskey. It's good because it's, um, it's not a liqueur. It's a whiskey infused, so it doesn't have that syrupy you know, kind of feel to it or texture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Crown Apple took off and is really big now. But before the Crown Apple, they came out with the Crown Maple, yeah, which was my favorite, and they've now discontinued it. In the meantime, like every bar has a stupid fucking Crown Apple upside down shot cooler thing, gotcha. and it really hurts my feelings. But <laughs> but Knob Creek's got this maple syrup whiskey that's actually probably better, and it's actually a bourbon, and I prefer bourbon to Canadian whiskey anyways. So. Okay. All right. So fuck Griffin Claw, fuck Crown Royal. Uh, <laughs> Look, what are you going to say? Well, like, oh, no, they won't sponsor us. Nobody sponsors us anyways, so fuck them. <laughs> Before we get started, I want to make sure we take the time to thank Sixfo Swaino for letting us use his music in the intro. got to thank Cancer for letting us use his song in the mid-roll. You can follow them on Instagram. It's Sixfo Swaino, F-O-E, and Cancer is Cancer the God. The E is a three. 
if you're having a hard time finding any of the links, you can go to badguypodcast.com and you can click them through there. And then you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad Guy Podcast. So we'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is George C. Parker. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. I love that you guys are all Pavlov's dog. I got you trained now. I say the name and everybody's head yeah. <laughs> tilts to the screen. Give us this graphic. Well, the only reason I noticed is because it was so in sync. So like, yeah. I was like sitting there, I was like, what are we looking at? <laughs> <laughs> what are we waiting on here? Waiting for that white screen. Yeah. <laughs> Better fucking have a nickname too. Yeah, no AK? No AKs. I have a couple that we'll touch on later, but it's nothing mm. cool. It's actually just other versions of a name. All so. right. Uh, I used to put them in there. I don't know. I've just been a real lazy fucker when it comes to these nicknames. I don't even think it's lazy. I think I just became like more picky. You know, yeah. I used to throw them all in there, and now I'm like, that ain't no fucking nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it in the podcast, but that's not going on the title card. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. So George C. Parker was born in New York on March 16th, 1860. He was one of eight siblings to Irish Catholic parents. Which, for the record, in the 1860s, Irish Catholic parents, they all came with about eight kids. He was a smart kid, and he graduated from high school. That might not sound like a big deal, but at that time, only 3% of the population graduated high school. And at the uh, teenage age group, from 14 to 18, only 50% of people attended school at all. That'll play an important role (laughs) later in the episode. He began hanging out at the docks and running cons on immigrants and foreign visitors and eventually became a master at foraging documents, which is kind of like to go in the prison of these con men. They all start either becoming uh, card mechanics or forging documents. It's like the basic go to in May of 1883 after $15.5 million and 27 deaths, the Brooklyn Bridge was opened. With that 27 deaths like building it. Yeah. 27 people died building the Brooklyn Bridge. Wow. That's amazing that, and I mean, I know it's grim of me to say this, but that's amazing that only that amount, because anyways, like, back in that time, to bury those piers, those two big piers that you see there, when they made those piers, they would sink a vessel down to the bottom of the river, and they would fill it with compressed air, because I guess at that point in time, they were ignorant to the fact that that wasn't enough to sustain, because something happens to the oxygen when you compress it. I would have been ignorant to that fact as well, yeah. Yeah, so so anyways, from what I remember in history class, they were accidentally or, you know, either they knew it and they didn't give a shit or they were accidentally killing people in that manner. And I don't know if they completed the whole bridge before they figured that out or if they figured it out middle in the middle of it. I forgot that part, but I, I thought that the number was higher, but even even that's too many. But you know what I'm saying? It's amazing that more didn't consider in the rudimentary ways that they were constructing it at that time you know two things i'm impressed that tank has that much knowledge about this bridge but i was hoping it'd be something cool like there's like a gang war to see who held territory over the bridge and just like some crazy war went on or something. Ah, fuck <laughs> i wish man i'm a <laughs> fucking dorky mccain <laughs> <laughs> no actual construction <laughs> tell you about the bends. you want me to tell you about i don't know i think it might have been a form of the bends or something but something happened like yeah they were their blood levels were not right and they were they were dying from that wow yeah so i actually learned a little bit about it so it said is even when the people weren't dying anymore guys were getting to lift the bends left and right because they didn't know how to deal with it and they didn't have the hyperbaric chambers so even if you didn't die, every time you went down there to work on the bridge, 
when you came up, you got the bounce. Yeah. Like, it was a real devastating thing. For the record, the Brooklyn Bridge sucks to this fucking day, man. Yeah. I've been to Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. I've been to Spumani Gardens. The Dumbo scenery is great. But fuck the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't know if you guys ever been on it, but it's... I, I walked... Uh, I did the New York thing when we went out there. Uh, we didn't cross the whole bridge because we didn't go to that particular side. We stayed on the other on the side of the bridge that we were on. Uh, was in like the central central park areas where we were staying. So we stayed on that side of the Brooklyn Bridge, but we at least walked part of it. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe I was just nostalgia struck or something. But I mean, I don't. I do remember it not being anything special. Like if you didn't pay attention, you get your ass kicked on it. I don't know. Like that's the vibe I got from it. Like you could get your fucking wallet stolen for like it just seemed like so many people coming and going. Hectic. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. It's too hectic, and they're trying okay. to squeeze too many people going back and forth. And ah, you gotcha. know, you have these little lanes that you're supposed to stay in, but they're too small for actual people to stay in. Now, now you, I remember that. Now you I know was, what. Yeah, when that, you went, was it a bike lane and a walk lane? Because I, I heard they recently just separate, like they created a certain bike lane. Oh, okay. This was this was 2002, New Year's Eve 2002. You know, maybe I do remember fucking bikes. Maybe that bridge did suck a lot more than I remember it. Now that <laughs> well, you now said that, now that you that. talk it out, yeah. Well, cause yeah, suck. cause you know me, I'll be bitching about some shit like that. Like, what the fuck is this, man? You got people riding by us like fucking assholes <laughs> and shit. And I, I think I can remember like complaining to my friends about that now, like. Maybe that's why we only walked half of it. And we were like, well, yep, fuck this shit. We're turning around. You can watch whole videos about uh, bikers on <laughs> the Brooklyn Bridge, like, going there and, like, shoving people and, like, pushing people out of the way. It's it's bad. And you kind of feel for these guys, too, because they also live in Brooklyn, and they have to cross this fucking bridge to and from for work and for life, and you got all these dumb fuck tours, like, hey, let me take a picture here. And, you know, I get that it clutters it up, but. Yeah, no, I do remember it being, like, a goalie in the crease situation. Where I did try to stop and take a picture, and I and I I was aware of the surroundings. Now I now I do kind of remember like going to take a picture and somebody like purposely like reaching out and trying to like bump into me on purpose. And I was like, the fuck is this guy's problem? Man? It was like, you know that center, he's not nowhere yeah. near the goalie, but the goalie's <clears throat> just reaching out with that stick as far as he fucking can to try to get him, you know. But anyways, fuck the Brooklyn Bridge. Fuck the Brooklyn Bridge. Fuck Love- the goddamn. Uh, Griffin Claw. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Crown Royal, the Brooklyn Bridge. Not Brooklyn. We love Brooklyn. We got yes, a bunch of listeners it. in Brooklyn. Yeah. But Brooklyn Bridge. Fuck that shit. See, uh, was I even? What, which side of the bridge was I on? Damn, man, I'm pretty good with my geography, and I don't even know what side of the bridge I was on. Was I on the Brooklyn side? Fuck, can't you, remember. You'd have been on the the west side, which would be the Manhattan the ha- side. Manhattan side. All right, yep. So the br- the bridge gets built, and it's brand new. And one day, a tourist is asking him numerous questions about the bridge, and he gets an idea. So he starts offering bribes to ferry boat employees to refer him to wealthy ing- immigrants looking for investment opportunities. And then what he would do is he'd tell them that he didn't like the day-to-day stress of managing a property. And he, was, he said, I'm a bridge builder, so I built this bridge. But now I got to own it. And I'm not a bridge owner. I'm a bridge builder. And I got to manage this day-to-day. And I'm sick of it. I want to get on to building a new bridge. Just to get out from under it, I'll sell you real cheap the rights to the bridge to manage it and you can uh make money off all the tolls so i'll sell you the toll rights to the bridge and he produced a stack of forged documents and deeds and he offers to sell it at a discount price the guy thinks it's great so he buys it you know he buys the rights to the toll you know the toll rights on the brooklyn bridge his victim found out he was duped when he showed up and started construction on a toll booth and the police had to show up and like hey why are you have a construction project going on the middle of the bridge and he starts showing the paperwork and explaining that he bought the rights and then the police had to explain to him <laughs> while he's doing a construction project on the bridge that he'd actually got conned and he has to get his shit and get it out of there. Oh, fuck. Oh. 
Oh, shit. That's a good con. Inspired by his success, George begins forging piles of documents. And he opens up several fake offices all over New York. You know, it's a little fake real estate office and fake investment offices. And he just comes up with all types of uh, fake documents and paperwork. And he starts just running similar cons on gullible visitors. He used aliases such as James J. O'Brien, Warden Kennedy, Mr. Roberts, and Mr. Taylor. And over the next couple decades, he would sell the rights to the original Madison Square Garden, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Statue of Liberty, and a number of Broadway shows and plays. Hell yeah. One time he pretended to be the grandson of former president and general Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, no shit. And then working from a fake office, he sold the rights to Grant's tome under the guise that as the family, they just wanted to sell it to a private investor that would take care of the property because the state couldn't afford to manage it and they didn't want it to fall into ruins. And whatever rights to visitation and stuff, that's all yours. But we just ask that you maintain it and keep it up. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's that sounds perfectly fair. We can do that. Deal. Nice. And uh, show, show up to take control of the grant's tomb. And they're like, hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that's one of those moments where just he's like chilling with his buddies. Or maybe not. Maybe he's just thinking to himself, like, how far can I take this shit? Like, I'm going to sell somebody's grave and shit. Somebody's fucking tomb. I'm going to sell the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Wait. On that island over there. You know that thing that was gifted to us by France? It's yours now. It's your first time visiting New York? You don't say I got the deal of a lifetime for you. So fucking museum. Who would have thought the first time that you came to New York, you yeah. got to take over the Museum of Arts? Holy shit, man. I bet that fucking ruined... You know that ruined a couple backstories, too. I don't want to be uh, Mr. Downer here, but, you know, the guy who bought the fucking Liberty... Uh, his wife's telling him, like, there's no fucking way. And he's like, babe, I'm, I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? And they're, like, all pissed and shit. Like, I wear the pants in this family. I'm buying this goddamn statue. I'm telling you, you're fucking nuts. And next thing you know, they're fucking dead broke. And he's fucking... Well, anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Despite his numerous successes, he was arrested and charged with fraud seven times. One of the times he escaped the courthouse, it was in the winter... And a sheriff came in from the cold and set his coat and his hat off to the side. He seen it and just walked over there real calm and put on the coat and hat and just walked out real smooth. And no one noticed. I like how you said that. Like, he was fucking arrested. What was he, just chilling in the fucking, was he, like, sitting next to the guy's desk and shit? Hey, you know what? I'm just going to uh, go ahead and slide on out of here real slick. Is that cool? Yeah, that's. I guess that's the perks of being a con man. You know, you're not fucking intimidating, I guess, per se. I mean, I don't know. If you'd say anything about his stature or anything, but, you know, maybe you don't act gruff. You've got your learning smarts. You're one of the 1.5% that have graduated, you know. But So, you you know, you kind of use that as your way to maybe get under the radar a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm picturing like an old-timey jail cell and shit, but, I mean, we are still talking about turn-of-the-century times and shit. A couple hours later, he sold the police station. <laughs> <laughs> so you think the sheriff was pissed when he found out that guy escaped? Waited, wait till it was time to leave. And he realized he didn't have his coat and hat either. Like, oh, the son of a bitch. He still ended up getting convicted of felony fraud three times. Uh, but out of the three times combined, he ended up doing a total of two years in Sing Sing. Despite his success with other schemes, he always returned to and eventually mastered the con of selling the Brooklyn Bridge. 
it was his bread and butter, if you will. <laughs> so he's done it multiple times. <laughs> well, not only multiple times, he had it down to a system to where he'd have multiple ferry drivers from Ellis Dri- from Ellis Island feeding them wealthy immigrants looking for investments. Like, straight off the boat, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you're coming straight from Ellis Island, bring them straight to me. And he would time the police officers round to patrol the bridge. And then when they would leave to start their round to go to the other side of the bridge, and his victims would show up, he put up these for sale signs that (laughs) had his name and the number to his office and all his information. He'd bring them up and be like, hey, look, see, here's the bridge. It's for sale. That's me. I'm I'm whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And then he'd talk to them and they'd be like, yeah, definitely. This all seems legit. I'm interested. And he'd be like, well, let's take it to my office. You know, we can't do business out here on a bridge. You see how busy it is. But imagine those are all going to be your tolls. You know what I mean? That's going to be money in your pocket. So let's get to the office to talk about it. So they head to the office. He'd take the sign back down. The cop come back. They have no fucking clue that anything ever happened. And he sold the Brooklyn Bridge while they were walking to the other side, equipped with signs and props and everything. Can't leave this sign here, sir. You don't want anybody else to jump in on your opportunity. Let me just take this sign down real quick, and we'll head back to the office. Well, and the signs would give them a ton of credibility because these people would show up, and they're like, well, I mean, it it says it right there. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) Can't Google it. So (laughs) city officials had to stop victims from trying to build toll booths so often (laughs) that they began posting and handing out flyers at the dock stating that bridges and streets were not for sale. Damn. So he was either he was either getting big time cheese every time he did it, or he was doing like a economy of scales deal on it, where he was just like, "Fuck it, man! I just need a quick five hundred. You know what I mean? Let me bust off." Five. But damn, good shit. So man. I mean, is there? Do they have toll wolves on the Brooklyn Bridge? No. <laughs> so nope. there was like none. No. <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker's like, yeah, you can put, <laughs> just put toll booths like every mile, you know? <laughs> well, well, there's no toll booths because I don't have time for that. I'm a bridge builder, right. okay? I'm an artiste. I am not a build. I'm not a manager. Don't be stupid. Like I can't do this, you know? These motherfuckers I to... come and build a toll booth <laughs> and shit and find out they fucking all this shit. Oh man, it's like multiple fucking people, different sides of the bridge. So well, it happened so often that they had. There shouldn't be a sign for this. Like, why is there? <laughs> what if like two people go to build a booth and they're right. like, no, this is my booth. Like, like no one could like... own a fucking street. And no one owns no bridge. Hey, hey dummy. No, <laughs> don't buy that street. If your name's not Brooklyn, you don't own this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, here's Ellis Island. Right, right by the uh, Statue of Liberty too. So you know, <laughs> right. like, hey, well, did you see that coming in? It's right. Big... I, I want to know how much you sold that motherfucker for. Like, oh yeah, it was this kind of price right now. We haven't gave her a new, uh, you know, <laughs> fucking clean her <laughs> up in a while. Quick story. This is not related to the podcast, but when uh, <laughs> my favorite kind, completely unrelated story. What's well, about Ellis Island? Okay. I was talking to one of my friends because uh, she's seen a picture on my social media about New York and stuff, and we we're talking about New York. She's been twice. I've been twice. And her family really likes to do touristy things. So she's with her grandpa, and the grandpa's taking charge. We're doing this at this time. And the, he goes to Ellis Island, and he walks up to the desk and goes, where's that books that's in Hitch? And they go, that's <laughs> just for the movie, sir. So, like, he thought that book, like, with the immigrants, that sign was actually there. And, like, I wonder how many times I get asked that. Like, no, dummy. See, yeah, this, yeah. this isn't here. Probably more than you would think, because there's no way that he's the first person to mm-hmm. think that that's a thing you could see. 
You figure they would have put up a sign like my, like they did for the people on the bridge <laughs> building toll booths. Like, we do not have the hitch book here. No, your grandpa's not in here. Please keep going. So George sold the Brooklyn Bridge so many times he lost count. Legend has it he sold it approximately twice a week for decades. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Decades, man. Yeah. The reason he was able to sell it so often is because he would sell it for whatever you had. So he'd sell the rights to it from anywhere from five hundred to fifty thousand, just depending on what he could get out of you. So if you didn't have barely shit, you have five hundred bucks. He would sell you the Brooklyn Bridge for exactly that much. Poor sucker thing. Think he just bought the Brooklyn Bridge for five hundred bucks. That's a day job, right? Yeah. That's like a yeah. twenty and out. Like I, I've been selling this bridge for decades here. You know, <laughs> I get up and put my shoes on every day. Right. So, like, what's he doing with his money? Like, why does he need to do it for decades and shit? Like, I don't know. Until maybe you just caught. liked it. So you just get caught. That's just how greedy motherfuckers get caught. <laughs> well, look, you get caught because you're greedy. But if you're not greedy, you never come up with a plan to sell the Brooklyn Bridge. You just walk around like us, right? Bitching about how crowded it is. And we all know, right, like any long con, we've touched on in a couple past episodes, but, you know, any long con, you got to start buying off the regulars at some point in time. Like, there's somebody he had to pay off, some kind of workers or, you know, somebody somebody caught him or something something had to have happened at one point in time, in my opinion, you know. Um, You got to figure, it's like an addiction at that point. Come back home, you know, you sitting around hanging with your boys like... Got another one. <laughs> what do you guys want to do today? You guys want to sell the Brooklyn Bridge again? <laughs> See, I guess I'm different because I'm in sales, so I look at it like, like that was his quota. Like, fuck, I barely even sold it twice this week, man. Yeah. Shit, you know, it's a rough week. <laughs> I needed to make twelve fifty off of each of those sales at least. Yeah. I only got seven. So it all came to an end December 17th, 1928, when he was convicted of fraud for the fourth time and sentenced to life in Sing Sing prison as a habitual offender. 68, huh? Dude, just like you said, this man did a fucking Ford UAW career out of selling the goddamn Brooklyn Bridge. Holy fuck. George was popular with both prisoners and guards. Of course. <laughs> like, I, like, I want to have dinner with this guy, like, right now. Well, that's what he would do. So he'd hang out with the, like, they would hang out with him and uh, he would talk about selling grants to him. So, you know, he'd just tell his stories and they all thought he was a cool guy. And uh, he did real easy time, basically just based off the fact that uh, he was likable. The same thing that makes you easy to sell the Brooklyn Bridge. Right. Is the same thing that makes you do easy time. They're just kind of going with the flow. They're like, fuck, I like this guy. Yeah, you're right. And you said it earlier. They, They got fucking bad dudes to worry about in right. their opinion you know yeah in the meantime this guy whatever yeah. who cares he barely barely did anything suckered some you know this is america we still don't like immigrants to this day they're probably like ah whatever you don't want to come over here and take our jobs haha frenchie <laughs> that's what you get we oui, we oui, motherfucker <laughs> 1936 after eight years in prison he died of natural causes at 76 years old wow George C. Parker is the inspiration behind the phrase, and if and if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. Okay. Now, he's not the only guy to ever sell the Brooklyn Bridge, though. It's happened a couple times. Um, the One of the other more popular guys is a guy named William McCloundy, who went by the AKA I.O.U. O'Brien. <laughs> 
Well, because I was sitting there thinking, like, yeah, he needs an AKA because McClowney. Like, I'm not buying anything from him, but it's IOU McBrien. O'Brien. O'Brien. Who would get into a a deal? Who gets involved in a scheme with IOU O'Brien? Yeah. So how'd you get that name? (laughs) I I never pay you back. I don't never pay (laughs) you So it's like a a bonus bad guy because that's like his whole story. It's William McClowney. He was born in either 1859 or 1860, one of those years. And uh, he was known as IOU O'Brien, and he went to Sing Sing for two and a half years for selling the Brooklyn Bridge to a tourist in 1901. Damn, that was like the the birth year of people who wanted to sell the fucking Brooklyn Bridge and shit. It's like, you're born in 1860. <laughs> oh, shit. It's the clown he ran into... Our dude. Yeah, well, that's who he was sharing the, the jibber with earlier. He's like, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. He told that bridge again. Hey, can I borrow signs next week? <laughs> he said he was fucking doing two of these a fucking week. Right? I, I can only do squeeze out one in my whole fucking life. God damn, <laughs> yeah. this guy's good. He's a machine. I just build bridges. I don't sell the bridge. I need your help, too. Come on. I'm a boutique bridge seller, okay? I go for a fifty to sixty thousand or nothing. I don't go with that five hundred dollar small change fucking bullshit. I ain't I ain't selling bullshit bridges, okay? You want to be out here for the rest of your life for sixty eight years fucking selling bridges? I'm sorry, for forty years fucking selling bridges. So that's the story of George C. Parker. So say good night to the bad guy. Go on. Last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. You guys haven't seen a picture yet, but if you were going to cast a movie about George C. Parker, who would you guys cast to play him? I don't know, man. For some reason, I'm thinking of like a large old comedian for some reason, like um, like a Dangerfield, like for some like Rodney Dangerfield, but like yeah. you know, like but like young, you know, and then like tra- like may- like maybe we start off and like. The, the the like late twenties or early thirties and then take it to the end and sing sing but yeah for some reason I'm thinking of like a Rodney Dangerfield like comedian like a little overweight for some reason in my mind like a little chubby and like missing a little <laughs> hair so yeah that's what I'm going with fucking Rodney Dangerfield rest like, in peace fucking uh like Horatio Sands <laughs> yeah that, yeah like that. either you guys got anyone yeah. I don't know. I'm Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. That's a nice choice. <laughs> so here's here's some pictures of George C. Parker. <laughs> this is way up. This is like fucking. Yeah. So this is the problem with this show is I've now conditioned you guys. So we've covered all these all these con men, and every time you're like, man, the shit he's pulling, he's got to be some good looking dude. I pick McCarthy, Matthew McConaughey or something. And he looks like a goof, you know? Yeah. And then you finally pick Rodney Dangerfield and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. He looks like Joe fucking... What's that dude's name? Fucking... Which guy? Uh... Damn. <laughs> I've got the guy for this, and I can't remember. I wish I wasn't so him. terrible with names. All the, the, lady. All the older dude. Uh... To get this picture on the left, Playing like uh, Ocean's Eleven and shit. Sean, uh, George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. I can see that. Yeah, I th- I was thinking this. Uh, the one with the mustache. It looks like a young Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yep. You you the... uh you're not on your mic at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. 
Uh, and this one where he's older has kind of got like a little bit of a Gomez Adams vibe, though. Fuck, I can't remember the show, man. But the the picture you got on the left with the mustache and the fucking cab driver hat and shit, that. There's an actor, and he played a bit on a, I want to say it was a series, maybe it was like one of those series where they only do like five or six episodes, but it's like spitting image of that guy, and I can't remember his damn name, so I don't know why I brought it up, but anyways. <laughs> um, it's good pod. Yeah. I feel like if uh, like Bill Hader had a mustache. Bill Hader, and Bill Hader's doing some uh, kind of criminal shit. He's got that Barry where he's like a hitman or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I could definitely that. see Bill Hader. I'd buy a bridge from him. <laughs> I'm just a Bill Hader fan in general. So, All right. So now we got to do the DEFCON scale. So standard DEFCON scale is five to one, five being the lowest, one being the highest. On the bad guy podcast, there's no good guys. So five would be Lee Murray, who's your drug dealing, bank robbing kidnapper. And at one, you got the purple gang, who's got multiple gang wars, multiple massacres, and they're killing people on the street. So on a scale of Lee Murray to the purple gang, where would you rate George C. Parker? I feel like this is kind of a layup, but yeah, yeah. I mean, five for me. Five, definitely yeah. a one. No, I'm kidding, five for sure. I mean, I know he got life. And I feel like I want to give him a four, but I didn't hear about any sort He's of. He's just a smart violence. dude who know how to yeah. take advantage of dumb people. Yeah. And honestly, he even seemed like the less, the least vicious of even the con men we covered, because mm. almost all of them at least had something that was a little slimy that they pulled you know and it also could be because we have so little information on them but you know his scene shit all seemed pretty straightforward you know well, and even though it was, he was conning people it seemed like he's very professional about everything so you know he wasn't out there bashing heads or nothing he was nicely ruining your financial life <laughs> i mean and that, like i said like i know he's a bad dude because i mean eventually he he i mean he how many people did he like i said did he ruin their fucking financial life over that period of time but not enough for me to escalate him off of five so we'll call that a unanimous defcom five that's right it's going to the streets hey y'all it's revolution up in this bitch set the alarm defcom five i don't think i know what the sound is for the defcom five it's my favorite one it's the dave Chappelle. yeah really yeah defcom five it's a (laughs) revolution set the alarms all right you guys got anything before we go Nope. That was a good one. I I appreciate somebody who can make a whole living selling a Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> like like you said, like a four like a four right. career out of it and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dad been working down at the bridge for thirty years now. Put it on his taxes. <laughs> Morning Morty. Evening Frank. <laughs> fucking checking out for the fucking midnight shift to selling the bridge. Like Jesus. Alright. This is say hello to the bad guy. Thanks for coming and thanks for listening. To the bad guy, the good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy, the good guy coming last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. Down bad, my mama had to be dead. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the camera. 
And I don't need a hundred friends, I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jugs, a hundred scams, ay, ay. So I don't money grab the hundred hams. I don't money grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay. And I still keep it on me. Run into your big homie. First you meet your dead homie. Ay. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming in last place. You smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I like my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. Good guy, come at last place. Smell the dope when I pass by. 